This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories, each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast, where we talk about all the things you don't find out in the world, like what is really happening at midlife and beyond. And all the experts that I bring on have a special expertise in getting through something or creating something. And today, my expert is Janie Jerkovich, and she is an expert in reinvention and putting your life back together after something really devastating happens. And I know lots and lots of people listening, including myself, have been there. You can't live long enough. I mean, you have to have something happen if you live long enough, right? Any <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Nobody gets through this life uh, unscathed. We all Absolutely. have something. Absolutely. I was just going to let the um, listeners know that you are an author as well as a coach, I would say, a speaker and I'm curious about, I know a little bit about your story and how you had to put your life together, but let the listeners know what happened that caused you to pivot and be where you are now as opposed to a business owner. Okay. Well, it started when I was about 60. My then husband decided to leave unexpectedly. We'd been married a long time. I was living in my dream home that I'd finally built after he was in, had been in the military. So we had to move all over. Mm. So as you can imagine, it was quite expensive. And um, I had just started a new job. I had been a real estate broker in commercial real estate for only six months. So that means commission only. So when he left, you know, I could tell he was unhappy and I knew there wasn't anything else I could do to help him that he was going to have to figure that out. But I was mostly worried about what was going to happen to me because at that age, I did not want to start over because man, life had been hard putting his career first, moving around you know, having the majority of the child raising duties and the household stuff besides working full-time plus outside the home. So it was exhausting. I was more worried about how am I going to survive? And I was, I knew one thing and that was for sure. I was not going to live the rest of my life like that. In other words, working so hard and not having any fun. Not, I mean, actually thinking that I wasn't even entitled to have fun, you know, being brought up in that mindset of, you know, you're just a mom and a wife, that like mm. I'm not a real person. And so I decided that that just, I wasn't going to live the rest of my life like that. I, whatever it took, I was going to do it. So I started searching for answers and I learned how to tap into my intuition. I listened to a lot of podcasts and read books and so forth. I just wouldn't give up. And so what happened is I figured out about 30 a simple steps that I needed to take to get my life on track. And so I wrote a book about that. And then I learned to walk the walk, not just talk about it. And yeah. so I review that book and keep myself on track. And it isn't difficult. It's just you got to be, you got to really persevere. I would say my life has totally, totally changed. And I mean, I couldn't be happier that he left. 
<laughs> Look I at mean, that face. You're so happy. <laughs> I mean, I can't help but, uh, you know, hide that joy. It's because my life is totally different. And if I would have stayed married, it would have never happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have just lived a slow and dying death until one day I probably crapped out from having a heart attack because it just wasn't sustainable. And yeah. I'm sure lots of women feel like that, like I'm all work and no play. So it took me about two and a half years to dig out of that emotional and financial hole. Then after that, I started focusing more on uh, losing weight and getting in shape because I had gained a lot of weight, uh, mostly from stress, I would say, because I was eating fairly healthy and I was trying to exercise, but I was exhausted. In fact, I, I, I want to tell everybody this, this is the value of sleep. You cannot underestimate it. The first month he left, I changed nothing. Like I was eating the same, exercising the same, and I lost 10 pounds. Like that's huge. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like to belly fat. When you don't sleep well, you have the tendency to put on fat in the belly because of the certain types of stress hormones. Well, well, whatever. That's exactly what happened. And it was great. But then that stopped. So after <laughs> a couple of years, I said, you know, after I got out of the fight or flight mode of worrying about you know, losing my house and all that, you know, getting closer to getting the divorce finished and getting the house in my name and figuring out the finances. Then I started working on my diet and exercise and I joined a, a, a boot camp. So it was pretty intense. I went from, to give you an idea, because I don't think it's all about weight. So I'll tell you more in size. I was wearing like an extra large and I got down to a size medium. So that was a really big uh, change. Yeah. And and then I was, you know, I was healthier. I could I could do burpees and I started I started jogging a little bit. Eventually I was running faster than the walkers. I was running faster than most of the people at my boot camp. So uh, one of my friends recruited me to train with a uh, seniors level or, or masters level running team. And we were the only girls. And then I don't know, there was like five guys. So we started training and that was pretty rigorous. And I did it because really I didn't have that many friends and I liked the camaraderie. But uh, eventually they talked me into going to attract me. I mean, that might not sound like much, but I didn't run in high school. And I like uh-huh. I'd only been jogging uh, at that time at two years or like maybe a year when they got me to go to the first thing. And so eventually I qualified and I competed in the national senior games and I got in the top 10 in two events, which is that's pretty miraculous. Yeah. I think. So I think I proved that anybody can do anything. Now, I don't necessarily want to live like that and have to watch everything I eat and yeah. not be able to have a glass of wine or stay up late or any of that stuff. So for me, that life wasn't sustainable. Like I didn't really want to work that hard. Winning didn't mean that much to me. It was fun and all that, but it wasn't like that wasn't my big dream. So, but I proved I could do it. And and it wasn't proving it to other people. It was proving it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, holy smokes. You mean I really did that? I mean, for example, there was seven people on our running team. I was the only one that actually went to nationals and competed because some people, well, one guy forgot to apply, so that works. You know, can't go. Um, a couple of people got injured. Other people couldn't get off work or had family emergencies. But I was the only one that really uh, went the distance. And it was it was a boatload of fun. It was really fun to be running against that caliber of women. You know, I did that. And then I also I wrote a, another book called Single in 60 about uh, what my journey was like 
getting divorced later in life and how I reinvented it. And basically it's humorous, like how I learned how to fix things around the house and Mm -hmm. how I'd have a tantrum with God and say, you know, like another thing broke. And it was, that was the big thing is things would break and it would be like, I got to go to work to make money or it's not going to matter because I'm going to lose a house. Right. But things kept breaking and it was just sometimes it would seem like three or four things would break at once and it was seeming insurmountable. And I, I remember sitting in the garage, screaming out to God saying, if you're trying to tell me I need a man, I'm not going to get in. <laughs> Cause I was like, I can do this. Like just, and after that, it was like a lot easier. I mean, things still break and all that, but I figured out, you know, I've got it like an electrician and the plumber and everybody on speed dial on my phone. I just call people. <laughs> Because that's the only way to get it done. And then I get back on track with whatever my business is. In the meantime, I decided that I didn't want to work in real estate, that I wanted to spend my time writing instead. And so it's taken me four and a half years of figuring out about how to get out of real estate because I was managing six and a half million dollars worth of industrial property. And um, that doesn't mean I owned it all. That means I was just managing it and owned part of it. So I been working the past four plus years in um, working with my partners to sell off the properties. And so just this month, or actually the very end of last month, we sold the last two properties. So I have one property left. And so I'll be hiring someone else to manage it. So that way I can spend more time writing. And um, I like like writing and now I'm 67 and I don't want to work hard all my life. Like, you know, it's not my goal to work 40, 50 hours a week. I I want to have some time to keep traveling and that sort of thing. Yeah. You said something before about when you were talking about the running. Yes. You said, you know, it's rigorous and there's no wine and staying up late. And you said something about going the distance. And it seems to me like that's the metaphor for everything from the time you got divorced until being so happy. You have to decide to go the distance, whatever it takes. Right, right. It feels really hard. Yeah, it's totally a mind shift. You know, like if I was having to fix sprinklers, you know, before I start calling people to do it, or if I was having to figure out the finances, I mean, nobody thinks reading real estate paperwork is fun or (laughs) tax documents or any of that. I mean, that's not my idea of fun. My idea of fun is swimming or something, (laughs) sitting outside. But uh, you have to just do it and buckle down and go, I'm not going to let this beat me and whatever it takes. I would say a really big thing happened along the way is I stepped out of that paradigm where everything happens to me and life happens to Mm. me because that was the mentality my former husband had. And uh, towards the end of our marriage, I was actually starting to see the light going, well, you know, I do have some control over my life. So the part I have control over, I want to do something about. Later, I realized that you have to accept personal responsibility for your life. Part of that means you have to learn how to change your mindset because we all have bad stuff that happens and it's life is all a matter of what do you do with that? Like, do you Mm -hmm. sit around and keep playing the poor me card and just try to get sympathy and so forth from people? And that's your existence, which is pretty sad, but a lot of people do it. Or do you want to think, well, what, you know, how could I look at this situation? Like, what could I learn or what, whatever doesn't work in this situation, like, what what should I learn that so I won't do that again? That way you don't keep repeating stuff. Like I'll give you an example. So I like to have parties. So 
I finally let go and let people help bring stuff because before I wanted to plan everything and do all the decorations and do all the yard work and do all the drinks. And I know that was a lot just to have a party and then do all the setup and cleanup. But finally, I, I let other people help. And so people, they often wanted to bring dessert. And so for me, I would say I'm a self-proclaimed cookie addict. So I'm just really <laughs> addicted to sugar. And that was one of the things I had to learn when I lost weight. So people would bring a dessert and then when they got ready to leave, I'd say, okay, you brought this and wouldn't you like to take it home? And they'd go, no, no, you you eat it. And I'm like, no, no, you need to take it home. And at first time it didn't go over very well, but I was really stuck with it. And I just finally said, look, I lost weight. I can't have it around because I'll eat it. And the rule is you pack it in, you pack it out. So if you bring it and people don't eat it, you got to take it home. If they were insistent, I would just say, okay, see if another guest will take it. And if they won't, it's going in the garbage. Yeah. Because, I mean, I tried everything. I tried putting stuff in the freezer. I tried saying, oh, well, I'll take it and give it to my son and his family. I mean, or I'll take it to the office and pawn it off on them. Like it never worked. It just, I would end up eating it. But you have to be strong enough to figure out how you're going to make it work. And Like if your mentality is, I'm not going to eat this stuff, like maybe when you're having the party, that's fine, but that's not going to be my daily menu. So you have to outsmart yourself and make it easier. Like, Mm -hmm. so just remove it from the, then you can't have it. You need courage. Like you were saying to people, I don't want it in the house and that's fine. But some people, I was thinking, especially around holidays, who brings the stuffing, who brings the sweet potatoes and the same thing year after year. And most people won't say, Maybe we could change it up this year or let them bring it. But like you say, put it into go containers and give it to people. Right, right. And that's what I do on the holidays. And also I have, since I'm having the holidays, I just figured finally, you know, especially Thanksgiving, there's so many things in there that it's redundant eating the same sugary stuff, starchy stuff. I just said, you know, we're having turkey and we're having fresh green beans and we're having mashed potato and gravy, but we're not having all that other condiments that that people don't really need. And it wasn't that bad. I mean, because if they don't like it, they can bring it and nobody else wants to really make it. And everybody, you still have plenty to eat. So yeah, you finally, it's mostly being brave enough to do it. I mean, and being able to say to your mom, we're not having cranberries and we're not having yams and we're not having homemade stuffing or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like mashed potatoes is enough of a splurge. You just have to be brave enough. And it took me a long time to be brave enough to step out and, and be, you know, brave enough to say anything. Yeah. But you can, can definitely do it. Well, and we get, as women, more so than men, we get into the habit of people pleasing. Yes, yes. We want to say yes to whatever somebody wants because we want to make them feel included. We don't want to make anybody feel bad. And then at some point, especially when we get to our age, it's like, okay, now is my time. Don't yeah. want that. I don't want to do that. And of course, I, I'm not saying I'm excluding people from their favorite foods or their way of. It's just that I either don't participate or I say, please change up what you're bringing. Yeah. I really love it if you could bring a salad. Yeah. And eventually people get it. Because yeah. if you do it over and over, like I usually have about four or five, maybe six parties a year. And after a while, people get it. Like when I first had uh, little get togethers with my girlfriends, and like, say we're just having drinks and hors d'oeuvres. Everybody was bringing like really things we shouldn't be eating. And then I would, so when I would make something, I would make a healthier version. 
And then the next time, a few more people would make a healthier version of whatever it is. So finally, everybody caught on. I mean, we still eat and drink too much, but well, at least yeah. we're making an attempt. I always say excess in moderation. We have to have a little <laughs> excess now. No I'll have to use that one. Yeah, you may. You may. So I'm curious when you said to God, if the message is go get a man, I'm not doing that. So you had just decided you'd had enough of a relationship with a man after all those years of marriage. And you know, you just wanted some time alone. That's it, right? Well, I decided that I wasn't going to go get a man because I needed him to fix stuff. Okay, that was what I mean. I'm not adverse. I mean, I'd like to have a man, but not. I need a different kind. I want a partner. I'm not looking for a handyman because I found out I actually a few months after my former husband left because I had buildings to manage as well as all the stuff around the house. I hired a handyman to work part time kind of on call. And like, that's the best money I ever spent. Like, because you just pay somebody and it's you don't have to listen to them complain. You don't have to listen to their excuses. And they're happy to do it. Yeah, they so, are. They're happy to no do it. And do get, list, right? That doesn't get yeah, done. What, if that was, comes and it's like, okay, here's my list. I'll do it. Yeah. 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 So it, it was, that's exactly what I did. I, for my house, I would write a honeydew list and give it to him. And then I'd give him another list for whatever needed to be fixed at the properties. And he was happy. He just went off and did it. That so, alone um, is reason to make enough money. I'm telling you is to have people that can, again, that are good at what those things are that need doing, right? I can learn right. to fix a sprinkler like you. I have learned to fix all kinds of things. I'm not an expert. It takes me longer. I have to rack my brain. I have to, right? But people that are good at it, they get the job done. I love being right. able to pay people. Right, right. And the, and the thing is, like, the one thing that kept happening all the time is the tires on the golf cart or the riding lawnmower would go flat. Mm. And so I'd have to pump them up. And then I'd see it's, you know, it's flat again. And then I got to jack it up and take the tire off and go get it fixed. And like, by the time I do that kind of stuff, I'm pooped. I don't have any brain cells left to go figure out how to do a real estate deal or write a book. So I, it's, it's all about delegating. That's one of the keys actually delegate to people who like it and they can get it done. And then I can focus on the stuff I'm good at and then let go of the money. Like, don't worry about the money. Like, when I first hired a gardener, because that was my former husband's job, that was the thing he did. And it takes about three hours, four hours a week. So it's a, it's not a, you know, it isn't just go out and do it real quick. And I, I tried to have my son come over and help me and, you know, to get the equipment to work right, because we weren't used to it and we weren't really that good. And, and he was go- working full time and going to school. And I'm trying to do real estate and be on commission, right? So it was frustrating. And finally, I just said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm hiring a gardener. And I got a gardener. And that was another really great thing because then my son actually looked forward to coming over and mm. we could actually talk or go just swimming. Visit. Or, yeah. yeah, visit. Because otherwise it was like, I could see like it was pretty soon. He was like, never, I'm busy, mom. I'm busy, mom. I could see <laughs> that handwriting on the wall. That's been great. You know, I had the mindset of there's never enough money. And I was, I had to really work on that. And I don't think I figured that out until probably the last two years. So I would be so worried about money. Like, well, I can't, like, how am I going to hire a gardener? And finally, I just said, screw it. I have to hire a gardener. I'll figure out the money later. And everything was fine. But every time I was faced with that dilemma, I'm not talking about, you know, going on a shopping spree and spending thousands of dollars on stuff you don't need. I'm talking about getting your day-to-day stuff done. Just don't be afraid to pay people and don't worry about the money because money just kind of 
flows and the, the easier you are to spend money on stuff, it comes back to you in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you hold tight to it, it's like it's stagnant. I'm really grateful for all the people that I pay, you know, that help me to live my life. And so yeah. I can focus on writing books because I know if I had to do all that stuff, I'd, I mean, I'd still be working on the draft of the first book instead of having four already done and two more coming out this year. Tell like, me about the books that are coming out. So the two books that are coming out this year are different than the first ones. The first three books were to encourage women to live their best lives. And the ones I talked about, the fourth book was a compilation book. So I only wrote one chapter and it was about travel, but not so much travel and seeing the sites, but travel, what you learn and how you change when you travel. Mm. So these new books, it's kind of an extension of that. And uh, the first one that's going to be coming out tells how I went from being a spiritually starved workaholic to being able to connect to all that is, which is what some people might call God or source or the universe. But it's tapping into your intuition. It's really important and actually anybody can do it. But the reason I wrote that book was so people would understand the book that comes after, which is called uh, The New I Am Document. And that entire book, it's made up of a hundred lessons about why we are here and what we are to learn. The whole entire book was a download. So that means that I just sat quietly and I could hear Ascended Master speaking to me, or actually you, you kind of feel it. And then I wrote what I was feeling and then I typed it up and you know, edited it and made it into a book. But it's really life-changing. If you look at how I was seven years ago, where I'm working three jobs and can't keep my head above water and we're still, you know, 70 something grand in debt and uh, my ex isn't working. And like, I'm just like totally at my life is out of control to living now peaceful, quiet. I spend time on me. I didn't know what self-care was before, Mm. but I learned how to be, how to have a great life and to be able to be calm enough and all that to be able to connect and hear these lessons. Most people go, how in the hell did you do that? So that's why I wrote this first book that's coming out. And then the other one is to help people so they can learn, you know, like how they can live their best life. How could, because our, our job in this lifetime is to do the best we can. And it isn't, you know, that we get straight A's or that we are in the top CEO position. The, our goal for each of us is to do our best best job of being us, the best Mm -hmm. version of us. And it's different for everybody. So we shouldn't be comparing. We shouldn't be spreading rumors. We shouldn't be judgmental. We should try to think about how other people, why they're doing what they're doing. And maybe we don't know the whole story and that sort of thing. And it's really a different way of living. And if everybody lived the way that's explained in this book, the whole world would totally change for the better. Mm. And I really encourage people to read it when it comes out because it's once you live like that, you don't ever want to go back. Like, no. why would you want to live in a world of fear and worry and lack? And when you can just be more peaceful and you, and you realize how everything you do affects someone else or something else, why not do everything for the greater good instead of just trying to figure out what's the easiest and best thing for you? It's just really, it's, I think it's really cool. I don't ever want to go back. I can no. kind of tell now, like if I, if I start getting antsy, then I just go for a walk or go get a massage or 
and listen to some soothing music. I mean, I figured out the things that work for me to get me back on track. But people don't realize like there's so many outer things that happen to us, like, for instance, listening to the news. I mean, when was the last time you heard anything positive and nice on the news? I mean, it's just basically it's to get you upset and fearful. So I don't watch the news and even some I don't I don't watch very much TV. But if I'm watching um, some kind of movie and there's a lot of tension and scary scenes and stuff, I mean, I have to stop watching it because I can feel that my body doesn't feel right and I'm getting scared. Your mind doesn't understand the difference between what's real and not real. So. I think that's great because we can use it as a mind hack. So we can tell ourselves whatever good things we want, and then we'll just start believing it. Like, mm-hmm. like if you tell yourself you can do whatever you want and you tell yourself enough, after a while, you just might believe it. And then yeah. you don't wor- worry about all the things that could go wrong because you know, well, I c- I'm made for greatness. I can do whatever I want. If I want to write that book, I can. If I want to get up and give a speech in front of a bunch of people, I can do that. And I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry how much it costs or how difficult it might be or what I might have to do to get there. I'm just, it, it's just really different. You can't think like that if you're always exposed to that negative stuff. Right. It, and if you're it, around negative people. Exactly, too. Yeah, you got to be aware of that and figure out ways to either, I, I call it putting up Teflon. Like yeah, if they say too. negative things, you just put up Teflon and let it bounce off. But the main thing is you don't, you don't absorb it. Like you don't take it in because then it becomes part of your energy and you go to the next person and you're all crabby and mean and mm-hmm. they're going, what happened to her? But you have to be aware of what's going on so that you can protect yourself. Absolutely. Well, I would have to say that this is the whole speech, their whole conversation is inspirational and motivational. And you also, aside from your books, you have a course, right? Right. About positivity. Tell us a little bit about that. So I have a, a course called the Positivity Reboot. And it's it's like five days and it's only like five minutes a day. But it's uh, practical tips that you can use so you can start being more positive. And so you can start living your life that way. I really didn't realize it until I started writing blogs and women like mostly 60 and above would comment, oh, well, I can't change my life. My husband left and my life's ruined and I can't be healthy now and I, I, I'm i going to be financially poor. And it's like, no, it, it has to do with you and how you look at life and they aren't going to make you happy. So the positivity reboot will help people get on track for those for changing their mindset is basically it. Actually, now I have another course out called Cheat Your Way to Better Habits. I love that. Which, <laughs> so, um, yeah, my marketing person came up with that. I thought it was great. <laughs> so each one of the letters in the word cheat stand for one of the ways that you can start establishing better habits. Because the way I think life works is, first of all, it has to do with our mindset. And people, I don't think... We say we want to be happy, but you could be happy in the same set of circumstances. You know, you yes. you have two people and they have exactly the same situation, but one's happy and one's not. So it isn't a matter of being happy. It's a matter of changing your mindset or your positivity so that you are happier. So I think that's one of the first things that we have to do if we want to evolve or have a live our best life. And then the next thing is figuring out what habits we need. Because everything I've read and personally experienced, actually, before I started reading about it, is your life is made up of habits. Absolutely. And, and if you don't instill good ones, you're going to have default habits. 
which might be sitting in front of the TV and eating chips every night. Now, that's not going to lead you to probably the life you want unless you're looking for heart disease, obesity, and diabetes, <laughs> right? I'm not, I don't know anybody who's got that on their list. So, so you have to, you have to think about it consciously and, but it's hard to create habits. So that course will give people the same, the same sort of thing where it's like five minutes a day and you learn these tips and then you start instilling them in your life. The next course I want to write, I haven't, it's not out yet, is up-leveling your ID, your identity, because what happens is you become more positive, you get your better habits, and your habits are built around, you know, what you want to become. And then once you get there, like you're you're at your new identity, and then you know, you just can keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think back to the time that when I was training for the track, we had that goal of going to nationals. And so our coach was on us, like, you know, you about keeping your weight down. And I mean, he would time us so. Let's give you an example. Like a Friday night, I might have one glass of wine. And then the next day at track practice, I would be slower. And my coach would go, huh, you're, you know, one tenth of a second slower. And I'd go, oh, gee, I don't know why. Yeah, I knew why, because I had a glass of wine. Or I stayed up an hour later. You know, all those things really made a difference. So after a while, the teammates, we all started thinking of ourselves as athletes. And Mm. so then it was like, it's not that I can't have the wine, it's that I choose not to have the wine right. because I'm an athlete and I choose to only eat healthy because I'm an athlete and yeah. I go to bed on time because I'm an athlete. And so we basically use that to, as a mind hack along with the habits of all the training to become that new identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I mean, people can do that and you can just keep reinventing your life and moving up and doing more and doing more. Yeah. I think people think they can't do it, but they can. It's all an inside job. Absolutely. And then it, it helps to have some easy tips because there's lots of books that'll tell you uh, how all this works. But the thing is, there's not that many how-to books that are short and easy. Right. Like what I would suggest is people take these courses and then they kind of get the hang of it and they can start making changes and seeing how it works. Then go read some big books and figure out, you know, dig in a little bit deeper mm-hmm. about, you know, how your brain changes and stuff like that and how you do so many things automatically. I mean, we don't even think about it, yeah. like brushing your teeth or do you have coffee first or do you make your bed or, you know, but the person that's training for a marathon, they get up in the morning and they go for a 10 mile, 15 mile run or something, you know, and they don't think about that because that's their default. Right, that's their habit. Yeah. Well, this is great. Lots and lots of really good tips, Janie. And your website is Janie, J-A-N-I-E-J.net, yes? Yes. So that's, that's where people can go and learn about your books and your speaking and the courses are there. Your blog is there. And a right. great picture of you on a rock wall. I love oh, yeah. Picture yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. tell you a secret about that. So I went to a chamber mixer, which was at a place where you they had the climbing stuff. Of course, nobody even 50 and up even showed up at that mixer, right? It was all these young kids, right? And so I go, well, well, nobody, none of the the regulars are here, but I'm going to go climb that wall. So I had one of the young girls that worked for the chamber take my picture. And I said, get on the floor really low and take the picture (laughs) up. So it looks like I'm really high. But I tell you what, I was scared. The wall went on a lot further than where I was. I wasn't really up that high. That's okay. You got on the wall. That's the first step. You get on the wall. (laughs) 
Well, Janie, this has been really fabulous. Thank you so much. I know that there are a lot of women listening. Don't let life hold you down. Just get out from whatever is holding you down. Get out from under it. If it's, you know, you need help, find out help. If you need a book, grab one of Janie's books to get started. And it's, you know, when you said five tips, five minutes a day, somebody may discard that and say, eh, what, what difference does that make? But that's where it starts, like you were saying. Exactly. It starts with just a little bit of a conscious, I am, I do, I will, whatever. Rather than I can't, I won't, this will never work, right? It's just a shift. And those little shifts make a huge difference. Right. Well, one thing I want to remind people is that it's never too late to live your best life. So just keep trying. Just keep trying. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you for listening. I'll be back again next week with another fabulous guest. And until then, be well. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time and stay that way.